Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Autosport Podcast. We look back at the second day of pre-season Formula One testing and ask what we've learned from the running so far. Sebastian Vettel topped the second day of pre-season Formula 1 testing at Barcelona for Ferrari, a best time of 1 minute 19.673 using the soft Pirellis. That pipped Valtteri Bottas, whose time is set on the mediums, at 1 minute 19.976 seconds, with McLaren Stoffel van Dorn in third place using the Hypersofts, the new... I was going to say the new Ultrasoft compound, but the new softest compound Pirelli has introduced this year with a 1 minute 20.325. I'm your host, Ed Straw, and joining me to have a look back at what we've learned from the uh, the chilly Barcelona. First up, we have Lawrence Barreto. Now, Lawrence, of the three people on this podcast, it's fair to say you're the boniest. So I think the, you're the one who will have been most most chilly in the in the snow and cold today. It was just below zero when we started our, our live coverage on autosport.com today. Uh, it was freezing. Uh, I could feel it in my bones. Uh, that was even with a woolly hat and my red scarf, which you gave me so much abuse for today, Ed. The red scarf was very ostentatious. Not as much as my yellow shoes. That's very true. But as you pointed out, you then got a hot neck. 
I did. I did, yeah. Uh, a sweaty now. I can't believe this is, yeah, this is what we were chatting about at the media centre. But there wasn't much going on in track, was there? Exactly. Well, how much time was spent at the F1 circuit today talking about the weather? Quite uh, a lot. Too much. It was very British, wasn't it? Exactly, exactly. And talking of the weather, Gary Anderson, now you did spend a little bit of time trackside when you braved the cold, so able to keep an eye on a few cars, but quite a, quite a tricky day in terms of uh, the track conditions. Yeah, it was very, very tricky. I mean, it, it got up to about four degrees, I think, was the best. And it's really difficult to get the temperature into the tyres. I mean, once the once the tyres had got up to temperature and got sort of a bit of bite, then it wasn't so bad. But one little mistake in one corner, and, you know, it meant you paid the price for three or four, half a lap even, to be honest, just because you just hadn't got the grip. So tricky for everybody. I mean, in the morning, nobody really ran, to be honest. And then about lunchtime, out went... Um, Valtteri bought us and he got the times down to a reasonable level and then because of that other people started to run a little bit and you know it did it did start to be productive but uh, it was very cold out in the track it was f- absolutely freezing and I didn't have a scarf. Exactly not very well prepared and we've just had to battle through the snow to get to our top secret studio to to record this so it's uh, it's not looking great for tomorrow. Lawrence on the subject of the weather which seems to be everyone's favourite subject there was some talk about this test being extended or next week's test having a day added and one lost here. What, what's actually going on? I know Williams have the circuit put for Friday for a filming day and Ferrari on Saturday. So are we going to see any change or are the team's just going to have to put up with it? Well, the team's initially started talking about this yesterday, um, about the possibility of moving, uh, extending the test into Friday. Um, but as many of the team bosses uh, said, Williams have a filming day on Friday, so unless they agree to move their day and they are under no obligation to actually move if they don't want to, um, they're in a bit of a bind. Sunday and Monday are free um, if if they want to move the test, but a lot of people have travel plans, a lot of people are flying back to the UK and back again, so that would cause problems. At the moment, as it stands, we're, we're going to go to the circuit tomorrow, test as we expect to, and the test will finish as we expected on Thursday. Well, Gary, most of the time during today, you've of the mind of the teams just need to get on with it and make the best of it so what the team's been doing and what have we learned from the outside it's a very amorphous competitive pitch and normally two days in we've normally got a bit more of a feel but there's nothing that there's nothing really sticking out as an overwhelming storyline as yet even though there's a lot of stuff bubbling along under the surface uh, yeah a lot of stuff bubbling under the surface but i think what you could say is that all 10 teams have had reasonable running so far you know uh, in the last couple of years, three or four years, really, to be honest, we've had some teams that really struggled to get any laps in, like McLaren last year were struggling here. Um, but most teams have got a reasonable amount of laps in, so most teams will have made sure all the systems on the cars are working all okay. Yes, it's not been as productive as it could have been, but again, it would it would sort of just be the same if it had ended up being just wet, you know, just a normal wet day. There'd been better running done, but it wouldn't really have been that productive. At least it has been dry, difficult to get the temperature into the tyres, difficult to uh, manage the car basically as far as car temperature is concerned, all that sort of stuff. But it has been dry enough for it to run and you know run at a reasonable pace. So I think we are seeing a picture that the uh, the Ferrari and the Mercedes are you know pretty good cars. The Red Bull again, Verstappen was running today, but they had a little bit of a fuel leak problem in the morning. Um, and didn't really get running until lunchtime. But that didn't really matter because nobody else really ran because it was so cold. But at the end of the day, he would feel a bit vexed because you know he should have been able to go out running if he'd wanted to. It's a different deal when you make a choice not to run because the weather's bad, but to be forced not to run because you get a fuel leak is a it sort of niggles a little bit at you. But at the end of the day, I spoke to his dad and and uh, Jos for starting and 
he said that uh, Max was very pleased with the car. He felt it was a better car than the end of last year was. It's got better grip and all the aerodynamic um, specifications from the wind tunnel and stuff. It seems to be achieving that on the track as best they can measure. So they're looking forward to it. So hopefully that's a, another car in the mix. Um, and again, the McLaren's a bit a bit deceiving. It looks pretty good on the track, but they are running the, the super softs and ultra soft tyres more than anybody else. So they're, in theory they should be getting a bit more grip out of the tyre. But it's very hard to know because of these conditions, because some of these tyres work at different temperature ranges. So um, because they're a new range of tyres, I don't think Andy's got a real black and white figure of what the time difference is from compound to compound. We could use last year, which you could sort of average out at like half a second. So you could easily add up and say, well, the McLaren's about a second slower than than the Ferrari is, or a bit more than that, because of the tyre just so. You, but you just be inventing numbers, and there's no point in doing that just yet till we get a bit more concrete evidence as to what's going on. But the McLaren looks good on the track, um, and then the, the smaller teams, they're they're struggling a little bit more. It's just you know the cars moving around a bit more. That the, the the fact is pretty straightforward. They have less money, less budget, less people, less everything. So the you know they can't exploit their dynamic packages as 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 to as high a level, and because of that, then you just can't get the downforce in the car, and because of that, you can't get the tire temperature. So it's all pretty black and white. What's happening? It's just the way the way life is, to be honest. Talking of McLaren, Lawrence, you spoke to Stoffel Van Dorn after today's running. Just thirty-seven laps for McLaren. Yesterday they had the mishap with the right rear wheel coming off of Fernando Alonso, pitching him into the gravel at the last corner. So what went wrong today? Uh, today the exhaust detached. Uh, it was just a clip that broke, but the result was there was an issue with the overheating that um, damaged the wire loom. So they wanted to just double check that. Um, it's just one thing after another, unfortunately, for McLaren. But Stoffel seemed in quite good spirits, uh, considering uh, the amount of time that they spent in the garage today. Um, he talks about the laps that he did get. He was pretty pleased with the feel and the initial um, initial feel of the car. Um, and that can only bode well. Um, it's not often that you spoke to Stuffle last year and he was in that good a mood. So I suppose for him, it was quite refreshing that he felt that, you know, considering all things that happened today, he felt pretty good. Now, Gary, we talked yesterday about the, uh, the little finger trouble mishap from McLaren and there's another one in a similar ballpark today by the sounds of it. Is that a little bit worrying if you see these little problems or is, as Fernando Alonso saying, is it McLaren just unfortunately has had some high-profile mishaps when others are all still well, having similar issues? You know, everybody probably has some little issues here and there, but nobody's really spent the time in the garage that uh, the McLaren has. Um, and as you say, finger problems, that, that is that is the issue. You can obviously it's better to have them now than in, in Melbourne, but at the end of the day, that you've got to get on top of all that sort of stuff. And, you know, Red Bull lost a lot of races last year because of finger problems and today they had a bit of a fuel leak so again they were they're struggling a little bit with that side of things but reliability now is you know you it's got to be a given you've got to get it because at the end of the day you must make it to the checkered flag to score the points so they've really got to get on top of these finger problems and as i say it's just a clip on the exhaust system but because it's a turbo unit um basically a clip breaks in the exhaust system because it's under pressure it's not like a normal exhaust system, which is open-ended. It's under pressure. And then you, you just lose all the power. So, as I say, better to happen now than in, uh, than in Melbourne. But maybe they'd need to take a trip to Halfords and get a new, a new Jubilee clip. 
Well, they've got the right colour, haven't they, for Halfords? Yeah, yeah, it's all the right colour. <laughs> Brand synergy, they'd call it, wouldn't they? I'm sure that's what Zach Brown would, uh, would describe it as. Now, looking at what we have seen of the performance, you did a piece on Autosport in the plus section, the subscriber area, looking at what we learned from today or what we didn't learn given the conditions. But one of the things you did was comparing the average performance in the final four races of last season to get a kind of end-of-year performance level with what we've seen over the two days of testing so far. Now, the interesting thing is there, Toro also came out on top just under 0.7% stronger, but as you pointed out, Torosso had a pretty torrid end to last season with both new drivers and lots of grid penalties and that kind of thing, so maybe not the most accurate picture, although things do seem to be going well with Honda. But Renault, just under 0.6% stronger. The cars look decent on track, not quite up there with the, with the Elite, but they've racked up the miles. They seem fairly confident on that side, so where do you think Renault is at as a team? Yes, I mean, it's a, it's made a step forward for sure now, how much of that's in the power unit, I don't know. We, we're not hearing, I suppose, great things about the development of the power unit. They're even talking now about having to take some penalties during the season, strategically planned, which is true because you're only allowed three power units now for the whole season, and that's, that's really a bit, a, bit, a bit tough, to be honest, for anybody. Um, so planning when you're going to take these penalties is one thing to do because there are some tracks where you basically you can come from the back and overtake a bit. But... To be planning it before the season even starts is a, is probably just a little bit sort of negative, I think. It put, sends a negative vibe through the, the whole system. Um, but the car itself, again, you know, you, it's one of these sort of situations where you don't know the fuel loads. Um, however, they should be professional enough not to be trying to con themselves because it's so easy to get caught up in enthusiasm doing a good time and you've, you're running the car on the... On the you know, sniff of an oily rag, um, and that does no, no, nobody any good whatsoever. So I think they'd probably be ingenuine with themselves, and I think they have made good progress. The car looks decent on the track. I wouldn't say it looks as decent as, as I say, the the um, the Red Bull or the Ferrari um, or the um, McLaren, because it look, does look very, very good. And the time I'm talking about looking at the car is when they're trying to get the tyres up to temperature, when the car's still not got the grip level. Those three cars are very, very planted. Now, even the Mercedes is a bit wayward when they're trying to get the temperatures up in the tyres. It's a bit understeery or a bit snappy oversteery. Whereas on those other three cars, they're just planted. They're very, very good. They might not just be going as quick as they could do around the complex corners that I look at, but they're they're very stable. And they, you know that's what gives the driver confidence to push that a little bit more. If the car's moving around on you, um, then you just don't have the confidence. And if you don't have the confidence, you don't go as quick. And if you don't go as quick, you don't get the tyre temperature. So it's a spiral. And as I say, the, the Renault is not doesn't look quite as poised as these other cars but obviously it does bring in the lap time so I, I think they've, they've made a step forward have they joined the back of this front pack or have they just sort of got in front of the mid pack because there's a big window there a big gap to fill in um, but it's going to be a tough season for like Force India who finished fourth in the championship the last two years that's that's not going to be an easy task now with uh, with Renault doing a strong job and with McLaren looking as though they're doing a strong job that fourth place could be a pretty coveted position absolutely it's going to be a, a pretty tight battle there now Lawrence looking back at the front Lewis Hamilton was due to be in the Mercedes today he's going to split the day with Valtteri Bottas but Bottas stayed on throughout the whole day so what was going on there well last year uh, during the tests Mercedes took this um to the decision to split the days so they Lewis would do half a day Valtteri would do another half day and they've continued that this year uh, Bottas was in the car for the first part of the day and Lewis says that he took the decision uh, to sacrifice his time in the car in order to give the team an extra hour of running uh, during the day so what happened today was because of the bad weather 
they cancelled the lunch break. They allowed an extra hour of running time uh, during the day. And that meant that if Mercedes had done this seat change, they would have lost that out, that extra hour that they effectively were given um, of running. And with the weather quite unpredictable for the afternoon, no one really knew. Well, no one really knows what's going on with the weather here. He didn't want to take the risk, he says, um, in them waiting that hour to get him in the car. So he said, look, let Bottas stay in for the rest of the day. What will be interesting to see is whether they give Lewis that half day back at any point in the next couple of days or even into next week uh, to make up for that or if he's being genuine in that he didn't, you know, he doesn't mind uh, giving up that half a day. But you were surprised by this, weren't you, Gary? Because Lewis seemed to be struggling a little bit on Monday with getting the tyre temperature right and the, the car wasn't flowing a great deal. So you were a little bit surprised that he wasn't taking the chance to get in the car again today. Yeah, I mean, he should... You know, he should want to get back in the car. And I, I know there's there's a bit of time loss changing the pedals and the seat and the seat belts and all that sort of stuff. But at the end of the day, the, the you know, the weather forecast for tomorrow is terrible. Um, that was running in until, until Thursday morning as well. And the temperature here, if the, if the track's wet, you know, come Thursday morning, it'll probably be six o'clock at night before it dries. So there's a very good chance this test could, the rest of this test could all be run in damp conditions. And for Lewis, I think, coming out of the car on, on Monday night after his afternoon session, I would have thought he'd wanted to get back in again because, you know, it didn't. he, he wasn't the driving the car with confidence. And you need, to, you need to do that. But, you know, who knows what's happened inside the team and what their decisions were. Maybe he'll get a bit more time next week and next week the weather's theoretically going to be in the, in the teens, which is a lot better than it is currently here. So that'll be more productive. But still, uh, you know, I think that, you make a plan, you stick to that plan, and that plan should have been to change, do half days each, which is quite a nice way of doing it. Because at least you get a, a reasonable comparison of feedback from two drivers on one day in a similar package of conditions, you know, because you know the, the days keep changing. From day to day, it can be quite different, but from morning to afternoon, it's probably pretty pretty reasonably consistent. Especially seeing as other teams have taken the same approach, haven't they? Renault now are splitting days. Williams have been as well. So with the mileage, generally people are getting in. Maybe it's been a bit restricted because of the weather, but that's that's a normal thing to do. It's a it's a hell of a workload for these drivers, particularly in the in the cars that have been a lot more demanding to drive since uh, since last season in terms of the, the loads, etc. Now, one interesting driver we saw today was Robert Kubica in the Williams. He drove in the afternoon. This is another one for you, Lawrence. Obviously, you heard from Kubica in the uh, in the post session chat so what was it that led Kubica to say he was a little bit too honest about the limitations he had previously he seems to be wanting to draw a line under the kind of recovery thing and just talk about what he's doing as a driver now well the interest in Robert Kubica remains uh, when he walked out of the back of the garage into the media pen area that they've got arranged just behind the trucks uh, a lot of his fans were up on the balcony uh, chanting and he gave them a wave so you can just see the interest in in Robert being around Formula One uh, is there the story has changed a little bit in his mind. He feels that he, you know, the talk of limitations and his ability to drive an F1 car has been completed because he feels he's been made reserve driver and therefore there's a belief within Williams in which he has the ability to do that. So there was a line of questioning uh, today whereby he was asked about whether he whether his limitations are still an issue and wh- whether he feels that that's still holding him back. Uh, another question was asked about whether he's made any changes to the car about it and at that point he just said look he's basically sick of talking about the or sick of talking about his limitations because he feels he's got a job he's been given this gig and he feels that the team believe in him 
And he said that he perhaps has been too honest in the way that he talks about the troubles and the difficulties he's faced all the way through uh, last year as he bid to return to Formula One. Um, And he just wants to stop talking about it. So this is the first time since he's come back where he's really he's he's dealt with question very well up until this point. Um, And this was the first time he cracked. So it's very interesting to see how he deals with this going forward and whether the line of questioning will change um, as we as we move through this test. Well, the bottom line with him is it's just about performance now, isn't it? He's got to prove to Williams or via Williams to another team that he's he's worth putting into the car for a, for a race drive. So we know he can drive, whether he's got that last half a percent after the time away. And yes, we do have to say with the, with the limitation is it's down for him to prove. So I guess that that's the uh, that's the test for him. Now, Gary, summing up, we've got a Ferrari and a Mercedes at the top of the timesheets. We've got some very gentle indications of what the performance order might be. What would you say we're seeing? Is it is there anything to say this isn't just going to be another Ferrari versus Mercedes championship battle? And within that, is there anything to say Ferrari may have taken that consistent step needed to be a challenger to, to Mercedes week in, week out? Well, I just as I say, two days and it's tough with these conditions. But you know, all you can do is look at the cars that are out in the track and how they sort of how they sort of behave and the confidence they're given to the driver because you know one of these cars they're they're, they're pretty quick you're breaking you know five six five or six g and your corner enforcers are up in the 4g region um you know they've got nine on a thousand horsepower so they're they're you know lethal pieces of kit and the more confidence that car can feed back to the driver um the more the driver is able to sort of get confidence in it and push and I, you know, I do see the Ferrari as being a car that's, that's inspiring confidence in the driver. Um, as much as I saw in it last year, you know, and, and maybe even a little bit more. Um, I like the, the aerodynamic package they've got on their car isn't, a, a, as I've said many times, isn't as sophisticated as what's on the Mercedes at the minute. But I think that bodes well for them in a way because it, hopefully that will mean that the, the actual aer, aerodynamic flow is a bit more robust. And um, when they're in traffic, you know, following another car, the car won't lose so much downforce. Um, and that makes for good racing. So we can only hope that there's, they're close in competition between the two of them. And I, I do genuinely think the Red Bull will join that club. Last year they were there on a few occasions and, you know, deserved to probably do a lot better than they did because of the reliability problems. But I think that this, this time they will be in the mix. And once you get that, you know, heading out into Q3, if there's six cars there that can qualify on pole, um, it changes the dynamic. It changes the dynamic of the team and it changes the dynamic of the driver as to what you know how you have to push the car to the limit. And if that happens, then little mistakes can creep in and you get a bit better mix. Will some of the other teams join those three? I don't think they'll be right on them, but I think the gap to the, the fourth running team as such will be closer than last year. And again, that might change the dynamic in the middle pack. So that's 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 what we can hope for. It might might end up still being a bit bit of two races, but at the end of the day, that's okay as long as it's you know close fighting. And it does look like the Ferrari is is stronger than last year. It does look like the Mercedes is probably very similar to last year. It's, its tendencies at the track here in Barcelona is a bit similar to what it was last year. It was a bit nervous. It didn't really have didn't really seem to be. A, that comfortable a car to drive it's quick for sure but just it needed a bit more driving um as i say red bull needs to start strongly and it looks as though they can well we're going to find out a little bit more tomorrow about what's going on if the the sleet and snow 
well, I was going to say stays away. It looks like it's going to come early in the morning and then hopefully we'll uh, we'll get some running as the, as the day goes on. Of course, you can follow all the coverage on autosport.com. We'll have all the news and reports. Autosport Live gives you minute-by-minute minute updates about what's going on with expert insight from uh, from the likes of Gary Anderson and also our Plus subscriber area, which has our, our in-depth features about goings-on and our analysis of, of what the Times might be telling us. And remember also to pick up a copy of Autosport magazine out every Thursday. So thanks very much for joining us. We'll be back soon with another Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo. Written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com forward slash Trilo Music. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.